0: No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. This is True Crime Psychology and Personality, where we discuss the pathology behind some of the most horrific crimes and those who committed them from a scientifically informed perspective. I'm Dr. Todd Grande. I have a Ph.D. in Counselor Education and Supervision. And I'm a licensed professional counselor of mental health. Dr. Todd Grande, that's my YouTube channel. Today's question is, can I analyze the case of the Hollywood burglary crew, referred to as the Bling Ring? This was the topic of a documentary on Netflix titled The Real Bling Ring, Hollywood Heist. First, I'll look at the background of this case, move to the timeline of the crime, then offer my analysis. The story of The Bling Ring is not completely clear because it involves a number of offenders who offer different accounts about what happened. Sometimes the differences are minor, other times they are significant. The Netflix documentary tells the story from the perspective of two criminals involved in the group, Nick Prugo and Alexis Haynes. Alexis uses the last name Nyers in the documentary. Additional participants in the criminal enterprise include Rachel Lee, who is considered the ringleader, and other less prominent figures named Courtney Ames, Diana Tamayo, and Roy Lopez. There was also a man named Johnny Ajar, who was recruited to sell stolen merchandise, but he did not participate in the actual burglaries. Looking at the background of Nick Prugo, Nick was born in 1991 and grew up in Granada Hills, California. He had one younger sister. He became interested in acting at a young age. He appeared as an extra on the show Zoe 101 and liked attention. His family moved to Calabasas, California when he was 15. He was expelled from Calabasas High School because he missed too many days. He went to an alternative school called Indian Hills High School. Nick became friends with a girl named Rachel Lee. She had also been kicked out of Calabasas High School, which is why she was in the same high school Nick attended. Nick felt as though Rachel was more popular than him, and he wanted to remain friends with her. He kind of blamed Rachel for the beginning of his serious criminal career. Nick claimed that one time when they were leaving a party, Rachel pulled on the door handles of vehicles until she found one which was unlocked. She removed credit cards from the vehicle And they went shopping. After this, the pair continued to steal. One night in June of 2007, they stole a motor vehicle after finding the keys in the ignition. They drove the car around for quite some time and were never caught for that offense. In July 2007, Nick noticed a social media post from a friend who said he was going on a trip. Rachel and Nick went over to the friend's house and found the door unlocked. They entered the house and removed $8,000 in cash from the bedroom of the friend's parents. The next day, they went shopping on Rodeo Drive. In October 2008, Nick and Rachel decided they wanted to target a celebrity. By searching online, Nick found out that Paris Hilton was going to be away from her house. They made their way to her house and found the front door key under the mat, but they did not need to use it that time because the front door was unlocked the key would come in handy on later dates. The pair entered the house and removed clothing, cash, and other items. Around this time, Nick met a woman named Tess Taylor at a party. Tess introduced him to Alexis Haynes. Alexis was born in 1991 and grew up in Los Angeles. Her father, Michael, was the director of photography on the television show Friends. Her mother, Andrea, was a former Playboy model and appeared to be heavily invested in new age beliefs, like the law of attraction. Alexis had a sister named Gabby. Eventually, her friend Tess moved in with the family. Tess was like a sister to Alexis. Nick started spending a lot of time with Alexis and Tess. They were popular and attractive, and he felt like a celebrity when he was around them. He spent a lot of money to retain them as friends. He wanted to keep them happy. In order to replenish the supply of money, Nick and Rachel continued to burglarize the house of Paris Hilton. When they went back for the second time, the front door was locked, but they knew that the key was under the mat. This allowed them to gain entry whenever they wanted. It appears as though Paris Hilton was not aware that anything was missing from her house, despite Nick and Rachel returning four or five times. Eventually, their greed motivated them to steal Paris Hilton's jewelry. They made a deal with Roy Lopez to do this. It wasn't very difficult. The safe in Paris Hilton's house was unlocked. Roy Lopez took $2 million in jewelry. He carried it in a Louis Vuitton tote bag. I guess it was from the limited edition Felony Fashion Collection. Paris Hilton noticed that all the jewelry was missing and she reported the theft to the police. It was a big story in the news. On February 22, 2009, Nick and Rachel burglarized the home of a minor celebrity named Audrina Patridge who appeared on the reality television show The Hills. This was the night of the 2009 Academy Awards ceremony. They found a sliding door which was unlocked. They took $43,000 in clothing and other items. In April and May of 2009, Nick and Rachel burglarized the home of Rachel Bilson three to six times. Rachel Bilson was an actress on the show The O.C. On at least one occasion, the burglars entered through an unlocked window. They took clothing, purses, and other items valued somewhere between $130,000 and $300,000. Around this time, Nick was supplying Alexis with stolen items. Alexis said that she didn't know the items were stolen, yet she lied to her mother saying that Nick was loaning the items to her. On July 13, 2009, Alexis moved out of her residence due to a drug problem and moved in with Nick. The same month, she joined Nick, Rachel, and Diana to burglarize the home of Orlando Bloom. They cut through a security fence and entered through an unlocked sliding glass door. The group removed $500,000 worth of property, including a Rolex watch collection. This was the only burglary Alexis participated in. Nick and the others went on to perpetrate additional burglaries. They entered the residence of Brian Austin Green and his then girlfriend, Megan Fox. They took various items, including a Sig Sauer semi-automatic pistol chambered in 380. Later, the police would find this weapon in the possession of Johnny Ajar. The last burglary target was Lindsay Lohan. Nick, Rachel, and Diana took $130,000 in clothing and jewelry from Lindsay's residence on August 23, 2009. At this point, Rachel was living with her father in Las Vegas. She came back just to commit this burglary. She was a big fan of Lindsay Lohan. Video surveillance from a few of the burglaries was all over the news, but the police were still not able to identify who was in the videos. This problem came to an end, when Alexis placed an anonymous call to the police and said that Nick Prugo was responsible for burglarizing Lindsay Lohan's house. Nick was arrested on September 17, 2009. After initially denying involvement, Nick confessed to the police. He claims that his attorney told him there was an immunity agreement in place, but there wasn't. The police said that Nick confessed to crimes that they didn't even know about. All the conspirators were arrested. Nick accepted a plea bargain for burglarizing the homes of Lindsay Lohan and Audrina Patridge. He was sentenced to 2 years in prison, but he served just 1 year. This would not be the end of his criminal career. In 2016, he pleaded guilty to one misdemeanor count of stalking. Rachel Lee accepted a plea bargain. She served 16 months of a 4-year sentence. Alexis pleaded no contest to residential burglary. She served 32 days. Of a six month sentence. In December 2010, she was arrested again for possession of heroin and was sent to a rehabilitation facility for a year. Courtney and Roy received probation for receiving stolen property. Diana pleaded no contest to burglary and was sentenced to three years of probation. Johnny Ajar was sentenced to three years in prison for various offenses. He was released in less than a year, but went back to prison for other offenses later. At the time making this video, Nick Prugo is pursuing a pardon, and Alexis advocates for people recovering from substance use. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to—has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Something is creeping. Don't follow it down. Let me introduce you to Barry Clue, an authorised financial advisor from New Zealand, and a very special kind of stain on humanity. that we're all taken care of. A psychopath is somebody who lacks empathy, acts impulsively. I think there's a strong case that Barry might be all of those things, actually. To find out how Barry Clue stole over $15 million from 81 victims, subscribe to Clueless, the long con. That's Clueless, spelt K-L-O-O-G-H-L-E-S-S. Now moving to my analysis. Here are my thoughts on a few areas that stood out to me in this case. Item number one. Nick did not help himself by appearing in the Netflix documentary, a few examples of problem areas. Nick talked about burglarizing people's homes as if it represented his glory days. It was clear that he was reliving the excitement as he was telling the story. He really liked to hear himself talk. Nick thought he was funny, but he was only pointing out his lack of insight. Nick minimized his culpability in a number of different ways. He pointed out how people left their doors and windows unlocked, like the victims were to blame. He blamed his crimes on his obsession with the celebrity lifestyle. He highlighted the excessive wealth and materialism evident in Hollywood, as if this made his crimes more acceptable. He made it seem as though he was simply following Rachel. Again, he did not want to lose her friendship. And he pointed out how Alexis was more involved than she represented she was only involved in one burglary, compared to Nick's many burglaries. They were not equally culpable. Nick's crimes were pretty serious. If he had been encountered by a homeowner while he was committing a burglary, he could have been shot and killed. The fact that he went back to the same house multiple times points to a staggering lack of empathy and a sense of entitlement. Nick apologized at the end, but I'm not convinced he is actually sorry one is left with the impression that Nick is trying to convince the audience that his crimes are really not any worse than the behaviors of celebrities. He just had a different way to achieve fame or notoriety. He chose residential burglary instead of some other method. For example, Harris Hilton became famous despite having no observable talent. By Nick's reasoning, a person who steals is more deserving of fame than this. I think the problem with this theory is that Paris Hilton did not commit any crimes to get famous. At least she was honest. Nick tried to cheat the system to achieve his notoriety. Item number two, Alexis Haynes should have also carefully considered appearing in the documentary. She did herself no favors either. As all the events were unfolding with the burglary ring, Alexis, her mother, her sister, and Tess We're all working on a reality show called Pretty Wild. Pretty Awful would have been a more fitting title. The one and only season of the show covered the Bling Ring story from the perspective of Alexis and her family. It really appeared as though Alexis was chasing fame and willing to do anything to get it burglary, reality shows, unnecessary levels of drama. She didn't really seem to have limits. I think her behavior illustrates the shallowness of pursuing celebrity status for the sake of being a celebrity. Years ago, people became celebrities because they had some type of talent. The celebrity status was something that came after they showcased their abilities. It wasn't necessarily the objective. Alexis has a very high opinion of herself and her abilities. In the well-known Vanity Fair article about the bling ring, Alexis said, God didn't give me these talents and looks just to sit around being a model or being famous. I want to lead a huge charity organization. I want to lead a country one day for all I know. It's pretty frightening to think that Alexis believed that she had talent, and this magical talent somehow entitled her to lead a country. I've talked before about how narcissism does not have limits. A person with narcissistic characteristics is not inclined to look at themselves and say, wow, I've advanced beyond my abilities. I should be careful how much power and authority I accept, how much responsibility I take on. People who are narcissistic will take everything they can and still believe they deserve much more. I find it curious that Alexis criticized the larger celebrity culture as part of her defense in the documentary. Like she was just a victim of watching all these famous people. This is just another example of her lack of insight. Item number three, one theme in the bling ring case is chasing one's dreams of being a celebrity. One of the characters in the reality show Pretty Wild was Andrea Arlington. Again, she is the mother of Alexis Haynes. As I mentioned, Andrea has a strong interest in new age beliefs, including the law of attraction. She would have her daughters recite an affirmation every day about getting into the entertainment industry. So essentially, this is just saying how they wished they could get in, like there was nothing special to the affirmation. They were just repeating the same nonsense over and over. The law of attraction is something I've talked about before when covering spiritual gurus. The theory behind it, which was featured in the film The Secret, essentially says that a person can get what they want from positive thinking. Positive thoughts bring positivity, and negative thoughts bring negativity. If an individual stays positive, their beliefs will come true. This belief is an inferior, albeit popular, substitute for hard work, talent, and ability. It is a cheerful way to express a sense of entitlement, and it may explain where Alexis found her unbounded confidence and optimism. It's possible that Andrea's fantastical belief system contributed somehow to the behavior of her daughter. Andrea appears to have a tendency to be extremely optimistic about her prospects of success and generous when portraying herself to others. For example, she advertises that she is a certified life coach and she says that she has a doctorate in consciousness studies from the Emerson Theological Institute. I'm sure both of these claims are technically true, but one could argue they represent an exaggeration of ability. I've talked many times about how the term "life coach" is a meaningless title. Anybody can be a life coach simply by declaring themselves to be a life coach. That is literally all that's required. As far as her degree, it is accredited by an agency I've never heard of. I looked up the description of the degree on the website for Emerson Theological Institute. Here was the description offered for this doctorate. Quote For this degree, the emphasis is not so much on religion as it pertains to organized religion and its teachings, rituals, and practices. Instead, it is open at the top. The focus is on discovering the spirit of the universe in nature, the arts, relationship, and self, in finding new and creative ways to express one's relationship to God or source. I think the description makes my point quite satisfactorily, but I'm also compelled to mention 18 of these 60 units necessary to earn a degree are self-actualization classes, whatever that means. I wonder how a professor can actually test somebody on self-actualization. Is there like a quiz at the end of the course that says, "Are you self-actualized?" And the person checks, "Yes or no?" How do they fail the class? Like, would somebody actually? say that they weren't self-actualized. Would they beat themselves up for years on end because they keep taking the class, and at the end they keep checking the no box? It just doesn't make any sense. There is no way to test for something as abstract as that. Now moving to the final item, number four. The case of the bling ring exposes the excesses and materialism of the Hollywood elite lifestyle. None of the victims of the bling ring deserved to have their property stolen, but it did reveal just how much property they had and the nature of the property. Many of the items stolen still had tags on them, and in the case of Paris Hilton, she didn't even notice the items missing until her safe was cleaned out. The celebrities did not really seem to care that much about their property. They complained when their stuff was stolen, but prior to that, they left their doors unlocked. It's almost as if they believed that nothing would go missing, or if it did, it didn't matter. They had millions of dollars available to replace anything that was stolen. I think all the high-end designer outfits and accessories are important to celebrities simply because they indicate the status which they have achieved. The expensive items are congruent with their type of success. Wearing the items is a way of reaffirming and promoting their prominent positions. What the bling ring discovered through invading the homes of celebrities is the shallowness behind this concept of reaffirming status. When the burglars dressed in stolen designer outfits, people viewed them as celebrities. They exposed how one could gain entrance into the world of celebrity by starting with the right property. It wasn't about an amazing person wearing something special. Rather, wearing something special made the person amazing. If this is the way that celebrity works, are celebrities really special at all? The burglars of the bling ring threw away their lives, chasing a meaningless existence full of vanity and devoid of substance. But perhaps they taught society a valuable lesson in the process. This has been True Crime Psychology and Personality from Ars Longa Media. This content is for educational and entertainment purposes only.